Look on the plus side. With a €100 Euro cashback, plus a monthly interest refund on purchases, the Avant Money Reward Plus credit card really does give you, well, plus rewards unequaled. Apply today at avantmoney.ie. Lending criteria, T's and C's apply. Info correct, 5th of May 2022. Cashback payable within six months of account opening, subject to qualifying criteria. Avant card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Hard Shoulder on Newstalk with the all-new Nissan Juke. The Coupe Crossover by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. And we complete our offerings for the week uh, by inviting uh, three uh, acclaimed uh, guests to be part of the final furlong, where we take a sideways look at the week. And it's a great pleasure to welcome back to the show of Mind the Gap Films, Bill Hughes, impresario, Barbara Scully, broadcaster, journalist, and Jim Elliott, comedian, who is also working with us here on The Hard Shoulder with a, a, a very frequent uh, podcast called the path to power which mm-hmm. chronicles the different aspects uh, of the presidential primaries and road to Pennsylvania with a little bit of a humorous twist let's crack on with what has to be the first topic the coronavirus and you Bill Hughes what's your take on it uh, I'm terrified of it because I'm a diabetic so straight away I'm in that group of people who are most susceptible if it should come our way and this morning Uh, I had to be in a major Dublin hospital for a test, a small test that was being done. And I'm not going to name the hospital because I saw no visual evidence of hand sanitizer. I did not see a single person wearing a mask. I had to deal with three medical professionals, none of whom wore glasses they had to touch my face and they had to touch me around the eyes and they had to do all sorts of things no hand sanitizer no hand sanitizer and nothing and i really thought to myself you know what we're we're ready for this <laughs> 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 you know we're all screwed right not good really not good and it made me very very nervous okay and uh, when i heard that somebody casually came through dublin airport last night and made their way to connolly station and then made their way to belfast all the time spreading this lovely Within two meters, like the yeah. old ready break ad that you used to see the child with <laughs> the that warm glow. with the glow yeah, you know yeah. and that that they're you know the, anybody with this bloody thing is walking around like a time bomb and can infect all of us okay uh I, 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 I'm interested in your observations, but could I put it to you that you're catastrophizing? Not insofar as your valid point about the hospital, but at the end of the day, if you get this, a lot of people will not find it a life-threatening illness. 98% of people will make a full recovery. And you know what? This virus could be with us for the next 20 years. It's a new form of the flu. But that's why I pointed out at the top, it's because I'm a diabetic. Okay. Before I was a diabetic, I really couldn't have given a tuppenny damn. Whereas now, (laughs) I'm very aware of my own mortality. Okay. And so I have to be. And and you have a heightened sense. Barbara? Um, No, no. I mean, I'm not particularly uh, worried about it. Um, Possibly I should be. Um, I do feel... 
I feel it's very important that um, the information and the talk that we're doing around this, because it is literally becoming like white noise now. I mean, I, I you know, I went upstairs to the bedroom before I came out here and I turned on the radio and I was like, please God, may it not be about the coronavirus because I think I'm actually done with hearing all the stuff. <laughs> uh, my problem is that, you know, I've no problem with, there's been a lot of really great broadcasting where we've had experts talking about mm. it. But I, I, I was listening to, you know, some of those phone-in programmes where, and I was taking the piss out of it the other day on Twitter going, oh my God, you know, there was people ringing in with all these kind of like, this is Armageddon, this is terrible, flights should stop, yeah, everything yeah. should stop. Yeah. And I was, until I realised that, you know, and it's where I can identify with what you say, Bill, most of the people, in fact, all of the people I think who'd phoned in were elderly people. And I understand if you're elderly or if you have a um, um, a compromised immune system, it is quite terrifying. Um, and I understand that. But I think the terror lies, as Bill has said, in our ability to deal with it, not in the actual flu itself. It's, sure. it's the fact that our hospitals will be overwhelmed and that we already have a broken health service. Um, and I think that but I do think that in general, the constant messages that are coming forward about simple things that we all should be doing anyway, like coughing into your elbow, like hand sanitizer, like washing our hands with soap, like regularly, all that kind of stuff is really important stuff, no matter whether we have a flu virus or we don't have a flu virus. And making sure that we wash our thumbs. I saw your them thumb. washing hands today, and they said the oh, one yeah. thing that people don't, don't do is pay attention to their thumbs. They put thumbs. their hands together like so in a prayer, wash your hands, and they just oh, go up and down. But then you separately should be washing your thumbs mm-hmm. because your thumbs carry 80% of the bacteria that's on your hand. There you go. Okay. Ivan just laughs. I'm cracking up here. All right. Uh, <laughs> Great medical guru that he is. <laughs> I completely Jim, agree. Jim, can I you see the humour in this? I completely agree with Barbara. I think that a lot of the coverage when it has experts on it is fantastic, but I was listening to one radio program yesterday that had like a TV producer on and a comedian and a journalist talking about it who didn't know anything about medicine. I couldn't talk in a lighthearted way in an entertaining well, way. Well, some of them were, were quite uh, were <laughs> talking about the sky falling. Not right. because of the death rate, but because they themselves found themselves in the window of the affected 2%. I thought it was very selfish. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. As a guy that owns a chain of Chinese buffets. That's from an American. <laughs> hey, we have it under control. I don't know if you saw well, the press Pence conferences coming charge. out of my country. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Everybody, should please join. Our, our text yeah. prayer chain. We're going to pray this thing right out of the country. It's going to be great. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, the, the only thing I would say is this, that that, that I, I, it brought home to me, I was chairing a, a tourism conference during the week in Galway, and whether or which, whether we have 3,000 deaths from it or have no cases in Ireland, the economic damage of this, you know, we've just come to an election where everyone's promising a minimum of 11 billion and now everything is just flushed down the toilet because everything we knew is normal from St. Patrick's Day right through to sporting and tourism and bed nights and aviation and Wall Street crash being worse than Lehman Brothers. All of this has just changed everything. But are you not catastrophizing? No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. There's people who know this stuff telling me this mm. that that this is what's happening so I'm only because I'm only interested because I just have a feeling that. that we're still in the very early stages that in two or three weeks we'll have all become used to hearing about it oh, and maybe it'll, all, sick of it? it'll level out yeah exactly well there was something you said Jim mm. that brings me on to our, our next thing you, did you say something about prayer or religion well, yeah, because about, uh, we are we are now right in since Wednesday into Ash Wednesday and Lent and I'm coming to you first because I can already feel oh, that Bill is going to <laughs> rubbish this uh. from a height so a lot of people, 40 days and 40 nights of Jesus in the Bless in the you, desert. Uh, but there's a survey out from the Office of National Statistics showing that people who have a little bit of religion in them, a little bit of belief and humanity, not looking at anyone in particular, <laughs> be they Muslims or Christians or Sikhs or Buddhists, 
that they're actually more satisfied with their lives, that this is a consoling, soothing factor in your life, and therefore we should embrace Lent, Jim, no? Uh, who who came out with that study? Was that study sponsored by Vatican City? No, that, that sounds no, like some no, marketing. No, That's what no, that sounds no, like to me. Like, hey, listen, everybody, study. you got to come back to church. That's why you're sad and anxious. It has nothing to do with the 24-hour news cycle and the prevalence of social media in your brain. It's because you're not going to church anymore and you didn't give anything up for Lent. Uh, I actually, all that said, mocking aside, I buy that. University I buy of that. Cambridge. I'll if have, if you people know. say, if people, if you're the kind of person that takes five minutes a day in silent reflection and gratitude, and you can call it prayer, you can call it meditation, you can call it yoga, you can call it sleeping in if you want. If you're the kind of person that thinks a little bit bigger, then yeah, you're going to be a little bit more satisfied. And maybe church, maybe religion has a way of forcing people to do that. So I completely buy that study, the people that, that think a little bit outside themselves, a little bit of gratitude, it'll get you through the day. That's it. And, and just building on that, just building on that, I find people that are in AA, you know, they talk about a higher power. It's the same and sort all of that. And it's not that they're going to Mass every nope. day, but they have this sense of a little, little bit of spirituality. I'm a leaving you to last, Bill, thinking about other people on you. a little bit. Barbara. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I... Um, I I I was telling my kids uh, as before we came in, you know, about saying about Lent because I was I'm now at the stage where I wasn't aware at all of Lent, other than we talked about pancakes outside on Tuesday. Um, but I can remember as a kid, you know, Lent being this huge big deal. What you were giving up for Lent, ashes on Ash Wednesday. Everybody, I mean, everybody, not just the kids in school, but everybody you would see out on the street had ashes on their forehead. You don't see that anymore. Occasionally, I saw a few on Wednesday, it, but well, there were, tend few. to be older people. Very yeah. few, yeah. Um, but I, I totally get, um, like what you said, that 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 having this, and I would be somebody who has resigned from the Catholic Church. I don't like organized religion, but I do like the idea that there is something out there that's greater than us, that there is some power that we can kind of tap into when we need to um, and that will and may, help us in more some hopeful way. Person. And it may be a whole load of bunkum, but if it helps me get through a crisis by thinking I can pray to somebody or something or I can talk to somebody or something, well, then I'm all for that. Um, and I'm I, surprised. So, yeah, I no, I knew, I knew you this. would be. No, I'm not dissing it at all. I would You're just be somebody, putting this on for my benefit. No, I'm not. I'm not. I genuinely am somebody who... You're a people who, pleaser. I know you. I'm Barbara not a people Scully. pleaser. I am anything but a people pleaser. But I love going into churches. I mean, I'm no, no longer, as I say, I would count myself a Catholic, but I would regularly go into a church when there's nothing on because of the... Just to be peace silent, and quiet. Peace and quiet, candles. And it's for free. And it's, yeah, and you can just sit there, as you say, you and just... Free little yeah, no, sometimes yeah. when I when I was I, I had this thing that I went around to all seventy race courses in the UK over a forty year period. But I, when I'm in Exeter, I drop into the cathedral or York, and I do the very same. And I just Sit. I didn't know anyone from Adam. They didn't know. Yeah. And I just sat there yeah. and took in the architecture, took in the yeah. whole vibe. There's something really right. special. I all think, right, in go those go urinate on this, Bill oh, Hughes. Go on. Funnily go on. enough, Ivan. Lent, yes, means nothing to you. Funnily enough, Ivan. I like to go to churches and I like to light candles and I like to say prayers. I don't like organised religion and I don't believe that a man in a frock is going to tell me how to live my life better than I already live it unless it's Panty Bliss. But none of those (laughs) ones from the Vatican are going to do it. But I will tell you, giving up stuff for Lent, my baby sister, and when I say baby, my youngest sister, she's now in her 50s, she lives in Canada and she sent me a message the other day on Facebook about Lent saying, for the 40 days, think 40 items and every day have a bag by the door where at home and every day put something in it that you no longer need, a book, 
a record, an, an album, a CD, uh, and a, a luxury. With it. The At the end, thing? you'll have 40 useful things that you can go and give to a charity at the end. And that, to me, struck me as a really simple but positive. So 40 days, 40 items. Very simple principle. And we have the bags by the door and books are going in and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm actually inspired by what you said because every time we discuss anything within Anasa's roar of church, you go on your high horse and give me a rant. I d- against I, it I d- that's church but we're not talking about church we're oh. talking about prayer and inner feeling it's basically and dry January for the I soul I just don't that's like the middleman. I like to go directly to the boss I love the Wiccan principle um, which um, is the Wiccan paganism is that do as you will as long as it harms no living thing and imagine if we'd all lived like that forever my God. Would be in a lot Somebody better. buys a She's bicycle and they get into Wiccanism. Are you kidding me? Too. I'm really worried now. This sustainability thing has just gone too far. We've been discussing all sorts of interesting things, but we want to uh, move on to a, a quasi-political matter. I have to say I was impressed with this. So, there's a, later, a leadership hustings event going on to take over from Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, an interesting quip about a triviality versus a serious politician. Uh, I'm referring to the La- Labour Party leadership election contest in the UK. So Keir Starmer, uh, he's, he's odds-on favourite, was at a Labour hustings event and he was asked whether taking his kids to football counted as one of the most interesting things he'd done. And he said, these questions are supposed to be the measure of us. And they're so ridiculous. In the last four weeks, my wife's mum has died. We've been in intensive care with her before she died 17 days. I've been trying to be the best husband I could be to my wife, the best dad I could be to my grieving children, obviously grandchildren. Um, And what's the most exciting thing I've ever done? And I'm judged on that. I know who I am. Well, I thought he knocked that out of the park, Bill. I absolutely agree. And I think it is, it's getting to a stage in journalism that, and it's because of this need to feed social media, because of this need to feel, to feed the glaring uh, headlights of the headlines to say, oh, it's, 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 uh, this is what the politicians are doing and isn't it awful? Well, frankly, sometimes politicians, you know, you get, if you get to know them at all, they have, a heart, they have a soul as well. Not all of them, I have to say. I have come across a few who don't. Right. But uh, the ones who do, I'm, I always find I'm very impressed by them. And people who live their life in, in, with the thought of public service and they're entering public service and yet they're jostling for position by being asked the sort of questions that a Miss World contestant is being asked or there, you know some kind of beauty contest or some idiot who wants to go on Love Island that you know what's the most exciting thing that is not what you ask a person who is going to be effectively controlling how you live your life how your education is going to be sorted how your services are going to be sorted your roads and all that. That's a politician. Who cares what the most exciting thing is? What are they about? What What's the real question? And so asking that, that uh, and those do you people... Think, those do you think that question would be asked of a politician 20 years ago? In other words, is there something... I, I very much take your point mm. about politicians and those that are serious politicians and those that are trivial politicians. But is there a, a deeper point that the discourse has now become about totally 
shallow superficiality and this stems directly to the attention span of snowflakes which is about six seconds and it all comes from social media. Rant over. Well, okay. Uh, The red carpet thing. People on the red carpet, women got together during the Me Too thing and said, when they ask you who you're wearing, say it doesn't matter. When they ask you to do a twirl, say no. And that's the same for politicians. You don't, just because you're being asked that stupid question doesn't mean you have to answer it. Then, of course, the journalist will say how difficult you are and how impenetrable you are. And inhuman you are. And inhuman. And how can they possibly ever represent us if they Mm. won't answer a simple question? So it's a a lose-lose. Okay, Barbara, what's your take on seriousness versus triviality? Is it a matter of humour? Is it a matter of superficiality? No, I broadly broadly agree with what Bill has said. um, And I would applaud uh, Keir Starmer for his response uh, to this. And I think it's the same with, with anybody that we don't know particularly well. Nobody knows what's going on in somebody else's life. So to reduce everything down to a stupid question is is crazy. However, politics shouldn't be a personality contest. It should be about all the things that you've talked about, about policy and about ideology and about all of that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, people's personalities do tend to come into it. And I don't, you know, I mean, uh, charisma is something with politicians that is a very valuable asset to have. And it's the kind of thing that you either have or you don't have. I mean, Theresa May, I don't think, was gifted, mm. like, was, was had Boris, loads of it. You could disagree with him, but there's a likability yeah, about his kind Bill of... Bill Clinton had it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, JFK had it. Um, so I think, doesn't have any likability. Yeah. No, 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 like, no, 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 it's, 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 it's buffoonery. It's like, no, it's yeah. Sorry, when Northern, when Northern, yeah. when Northern Labour people all their life vote for him, he must have a little something. I'm not saying you have to agree with this. He's a good but, slap. He'd like that. He's a rousing passion, though. He's interesting. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure that it all boils down to social media because I think this is a change that's been happening since the, the invention of television. Uh, because, you know, I mean, I've read about how, you know, when the White House was opened up it, when during Kennedy's time, I think it was Jackie Kennedy did a filmed tour of the White House. It was the first time people had seen inside the White House mm. in the United States. Same with the royal family in Great Britain. I think it was Prince Philip drove the idea of doing this behind the scenes with the royal family to paint them as more normal. So... People in public life have been opening up more since the since television became a, a, a part of all of our lives. And I guess this is just where it has led us now. I think those kind of questions have a place in a very big interview at the very end of it. And if they're flagged up in advance so that the politician well, can I, come I'll up give with you another something. example of it, which was, and I, I sort of became directly involved in this, which was Leo and the drugs question. Mm. And the whole first debate with Pat Kenny on Virgin Media became <clears throat> about this. And the next interview that Leo did publicly, he was kind of not available for interviews, was the one, the leader's interview, which we'd booked weeks in advance mm. on the, on this show, on The Hard Shoulder. And and because of the news cycle, you know, half of the interview is taken up on what drugs he'd taken and so on, which was really, if I was planning the interview in any other circumstances, but I, I got the news cycle about it and I'm not complaining about that. But like the point about it is, is, is that the same thing or a different thing? No, that's a different thing. Is and it? I think that's feeding clickbait and all the rest of it, you know, because this is a question. But again, you know, I, I don't remember the ins and outs of that specific yeah. thing. But well, I often No, well, think all I can if, tell you is I was told afterwards it got 200,000 views on yeah. our podcast. So like so whoever decided to, we'll make this interview 
interview about Jim, drugs was right. Was right. It, well, that's what I'm talking about. All right, yeah. Jim, what, what's your take you on, nailed, on, on this kind of dross? You of... nailed the problem right there. You said it in your last sentence. Well, I don't know why we did it, but it got 200,000 downloads. It drives clicks. And I don't blame television. Yeah. I blame commerce. I, yeah. I, I, I imagine that uh, when the printing press was invented, there were a lot of people going, look at this lowering the discourse. Now any idiot with a printing press can say whatever he wants. Used to be only monks were allowed to write stuff down. Mm. So you can blame television. You can blame Twitter. Has it been happening for a while? Absolutely. Does anybody remember in 1995 the one question that I, I was 15? What was I paying attention to? What penetrated my brain? was when somebody at a town hall meeting asked Bill Clinton, boxers or briefs? Who remembers that? This is in 1995. That's that was only well, your weird sense well, yeah. of uh, <laughs> undergarments. <laughs> I mean, that's going to appeal to a okay, comedian. Okay, your fetish, yeah, right? Is absolutely. Out there to be. Is pre- presidential. I've got a whole collection. Um, you wouldn't believe. But no, it's... Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's so you blame it's it on, 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 on... It's the fact that you guys, it's the you punters guys get what sell. the punters want. Yeah, yeah, the punters don't get what they want. They get what sells. And and what sells is sugar. What's You know, it's not vegetables. What sells is, is salacious content. It's not... Yeah, you know what? Does somebody want to listen to a really in-depth uh, 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 description of Leo's, I don't know, transport plan? Or do they want to yeah. talk about all, all the... Uh, all the uh, whatever acid he took in the 70s? I don't know. Whatever he was up to. All right. Uh, I... I, I think there's there's a feeling it's a reality, but it's not for the better necessarily. In the company of the boss, the impresario of Mind the Gap films, Lords and Ladles, and so much more, Cutting Edge Bill Hughes, Barbara Scully, famous cash woman, broadcaster and journalist. And she's going to the... the her husband is a top-class photographer. That is in her favour. <laughs> but she, I, I won't mention... Uh, Sheldon, is it? What? Sherwood. Sherwood, 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 Sherwood. I, I, I've been on so the show. So top class, you can't been remember his name. <laughs> no, he's a nice guy. And he's photographed uh, you a million times. Indeed, indeed. And Jim Elliott is still uh, uh, struggling at the laughter lounge, but uh, um, <laughs> he's now on the path to power with me and his career has taken an upturn. Oh, you right. bet. This Saturday, this I've lost Saturday. lost four followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, blame me. Uh, uh, this Saturday is National Library Day and we can all be proud because Irish kids, as part of a huge survey of over a million kids in Ireland and the UK, it found our kids in school and outside of school read more than others. So J.K. Rowling dominates, a Harry Potter series, of course, uh, but it really is quite encouraging. So what books do our panellists remember from their childhood? Bill? Well, I read and read and read all through my childhood. I read every Enid Blyton book, whether they were The Secret Seven or The Famous Five. I read all the books that I pulled out of my sister's bedroom, the Mallory Towers and all all that. I just loved reading and I loved being solitary and I loved going off into the world of Tom Sawyer and all that. I still one of my great escapes is to pick up a really good book, to read a good biography, watching children and encouraging children to read. And libraries are amazing places these days because libraries do so much more than just books. And, and uh, as you know, library. from the age of nine, kids are addicted to their smartphone. Yeah, do you think the, the age of of reading is going to diminish amongst kids? Yeah, and, and while it made a jump onto Kindle, for a while. I think Kindle has now kind of lost its edge a bit. Uh, people do prefer to go back and have a, a pot boiler in their hand. The only uh, thing is when the book is over, what do you do with it? Like, does it just clutter it your home? Pass it on. 40 right. days, 40 items. Mm. Put it, it in the bag to go to the charity. 
All right. Put it on the shelf so everyone knows how smart you are. That's what you do. They're display objects. Look what I read. Yeah. Well, that, yes. Yeah, that's right. what books are good for. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize because I know people who do display loads and loads uh, of books. They're really showing off. Of course. Right. Mm. Barbara, tell us about your childhood reading other than my childhood the, reading. The, the, the Beano, the Dandy and <laughs> the Bunty. Yeah, yeah. No, my childhood reading actually sounds exactly like Bill's. Um, I was See, this be, you're a bookworm as a child and you end up being on Friday Night Final Furlough boring the nation. For Thank God's you very much. Sake. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was an Ina Blyton girl as well. Yeah, I read all of the Ina Blyton books and absolutely loved them. There was one, I, do you know the other thing I did? And I, have, I only found them recently. I have two books at home from my childhood that I kept. Books of poetry. How nerdy was I? Um, and tell I me this, do, do young girls read different books to, to young no, boys? No, you know what? It, oh, that I don't know because I have no boys. So um, I, I only know what girls read. No, no but I, your own experience in terms of, you know, uh, Bill outlined his well, reading material. Bill was reading the same books that I was reading. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> All then the Blyton books. I went into the book trade, you know. I was in the book trade while, when I... I, I paid, didn't know that. I paid my way through drama school by working in a book, in, for book shops. And... I couldn't believe the choice that kids had. By the time I was in my 20s, the, the writing, Judy Bloom, all the Judy yeah. Bloom books for, Bloom for young teens. And, yeah. But also Tintin, Tintin and Rupert yeah. and all those fantastic yeah. illustrated books. There's just there so much no, for kids to read. There is no better joy than going into a bookstore no. to, buy, to buy a book for any age of but a child. You see, but you see, when I was over in Swansea for 14, 15 months on my own, right beside my apartment was the local library. And would you believe they, they were open at the weekends, they closed every Monday. Mm. But I used to go and get two or three books and I was never a book reader. Mm. And I really enjoyed reading. Now lots, because I was trying to write my own biography, I, I decided to read three biographies a week to get a flavour yeah. of style and, you know, humour mm. and do you do it chronologically? How do you do it? And yeah. so on. And that would be t- from Terry Wogan to Chris Evans to sports stars to business tycoons, you know, and, you know. the All uh, the people oh, you are. No, no, all the people I, I, I kind of <laughs> were interested interested in yeah. we're interested okay. in but like the point I'm asking you <laughs> yes. is are any of you a member of a library yes I am I'm not I am I- yeah, I am. And I love libraries. Tell me about your library story. Well, no, my library story is that I've been a member of the library since I was a child and I used to walk down to Blackrock Library and, and take out my books because in those days, you know, you wouldn't have had the money to go buying all the books it's free. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's libraries are free and it allows all children access to books. But what I love about libraries, in the UK, they're closing libraries. Here we are extending our libraries. We're making, we're bringing them right up to date. My local library, as far as I know now, is open 24-7 on some kind of... Wow. I haven't checked this out. For, some kind of Kindle technology yeah, thing. Yeah. 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 They are a wonderful resource. But can I also give a shout out to uh, bookshops? Because bookshops equally spend a huge amount on developing fabulous corners for the kids in mm-hmm. their stores with places where they can sit, toys they can okay. play with while they explore the are books. Are you a bookworm? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, I was only half kidding with the uh, display of the book what so everybody you knows how smart you are. Uh, I just finished the new Jenny Awful. It's called Weather, Weather and it's wonderful. Uh, I want to give a shout out and a rest in peace to Clive Cussler, who passed away mm, yesterday. Yeah, you guys know yeah. Clive Cussler? Huge no. seller. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. He wrote a series of adventure novels. His hero was a swashbuckling guy by the name of Dirk Pitt, who was a scuba diver. There's always some map he had to uh-huh. rescue from. The, he wrote his book called Raise the Titanic. He passed away yesterday. That I wouldn't be the reader I was today if I didn't discover his, uh, how much fun books 
could have been when I was like 11. Fantastic. Final quick topic. We've only a few minutes left, which is the wildest and worst excuses. This is, there was a boxing match between <laughs> Tyson Fury and Wilder. Wilder got hammered and there was an agreement for a rematch. Hmm. And he blamed it on his costume, not that he wore during the fight, but on the way into the <laughs> ring, weighing 400 pounds, 37 grand's worth and so on. So what's the wildest or worst excuse I have some awful ones to tell you. Well, uh, 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 Bill. When I was in, in working in the book trade back all those years ago, there was a woman who worked downstairs in Ladies Separates because it was a department store at Rackham's in Birmingham. And uh, this woman, she would come running in every day and say, sorry, I'm late, but... And she would have the worst excuses. But one day her excuse was, sorry, I'm late, but I was standing at the bus stop. And the next thing, the fire brigade came by and they asked me, did I know where number 13 Coley Road was? And I said, I'm going to have to show you. So I jumped up on the fire brigade. And by the time I brought them there and got the bus back to here. She was a pathological liar. Yes, absolutely. But everybody in the store, it would take her 10 minutes to tell her story. But by tea time, the whole department store would know what she said today and it always was sorry I'm late but <laughs> Barbara? I don't have any I was racking my brains all morning and I think I'm just too honest a person I also give everything away on my face I can't lie convincingly I can exaggerate but I can't lie convincingly about anything so I asked for help on this and my daughter came up with two she had a friend who rang into work one day and said sorry she couldn't come into work today you'd like this she, and I swear this is my daughter not me she had to bring her long hair my daughter lives in Perth where it was very hot she had to bring her long haired cat to be shaved because the cat was actually overheating in the in the heat of the summer that was completely great. untrue Use. Completely Like untrue. sometimes if you can pick a story that's so specific yeah. you can say well you couldn't make that yeah, up yeah, you no, know, that's a, got, if you're going to lie that is the best she, type of lie to tell yeah. it's so bizarre it has to that's, be true yeah. So uh, One of the best ones I ever heard man do you guys remember the footballer named Stephen Ireland? Yeah Remember yeah. what happened to him where yeah. he, 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 tra- he tried to the fly granny home one. Oh, yeah, the uh, granny, yeah. Yeah. and somebody's like ah your grandmother's dead and so he but he transferred he didn't get a direct flight he lands at the first one and somebody from the press there is like hey man we checked on your grandmother she's not dead and he goes oh not that one it's the other one who's dead and he flies on I just love the doubling down down yeah. on the lie, like he, you know, yeah, you know, you're yeah, going to get found. Going, going. I, I, yeah, no, I have to make a, a, a private confession just to you three, which is that all the time I get invited to do book launches. Right now, the thing about book launches, like off. unlike a, a, a conference, unlike a after dinner speaking thing, or unlike whatever, you don't get paid. Exactly. You don't get paid. <laughs> There's just no money in books, <laughs> and you're doing it out of respect for the person, oh, the love of the thing. So, so I actually, I actually don't do book launches. So I just say, and what date did you have in mind knowing they'd have publishers and so on? So they say the 14th of April. I say, oh, you won't oh. believe it. And this, the lies I've told in terms of, we'll actually have a funeral on that day. Do you know, day, Ivan, there are loads. There's just a, an unavoidable I'm having legs shaved. And, uh, you know, of course, day. exactly. I'm, I'm shave back wax. There's now yeah. loads of authors listening to this going, yeah. that, no, uh, the martyrs always don't ask me. Yeah, don't, don't ask, ask me because you. refusal often offense. Or bring you. money. <laughs> bring money. What's the problem? Indeed. All right. My thanks for that enjoyable 45 minutes. Uh, Bill Hughes of Mind the Gap Films, Barbara Scully, broadcaster and journalist, and Jim Elliott, a comedian and Path to Power correspondent uh, with me here. Check it out on our own podcast. 